You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis in the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me as always is my good friend Frank Madden. And bringing you today's episode is Draft. Our friends over at Draft have a great promo code for you. It is L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Hello Bucks for Locked on Bucks. And you can use that uh, to get a free play when you make a deposit at Draft. So if you go on Draft, make a deposit, and use the promo code LOBUCKS, they will allow you to get that free play, and that'll be your your first kind of entry into the draft world. We do it every week, and last week we did a draft with a bunch of new people, and it was really cool. So I want to do the same thing again this week. I want my first one to be people that we haven't played against because, well, Frank, we won last week. Yeah! <laughs> Take that, people. Take it. Because we won all the money. First and second, Frank and Eric. That's how we do it. Take that. Uh, and I guess you could use those same words for what Giannis and Chris said to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Take that, Cavs. 119-116, the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, a bit of an ugly one tonight. A six-minute scoreless drought for the Bucks in the fourth quarter. From 938 to 338. The Bucks do not score a point. Not just a basket drought, literally a point. They do not score one uh, from 938 to 338. Malcolm had hit a free throw at 938, uh, and at 338 he hits a corner three, I believe it was. Uh, so uh, just an insane stretch. In that time, the Bucks go from up 20 to down a couple, and they come out on top. Frank, your thoughts? Well, I have to put this in context. So, so you know, how you watch a game it can often sort of um, impact your emotions and this kind of the way you see it. And so I was uh, – I'm traveling this week in Dallas. I was watching the game actually with a couple of good friends. We were at uh, enjoying nice steaks. But we picked a place where my friend actually literally called – he's not a Bucks fan by trade. He's from Dallas. But he literally called ahead to make sure that they could get NBA TV and, and we would be able to watch the game. So – Shout out to my boy Kyle for looking out for for my insane need <laughs> to watch Bucks basketball all the time, um, and so I watched it. I, I thankfully did not have audio because it was a players only night on NBA TV, which I despise. I despise players only night. I don't care. I I have no nothing personally against Steve Smith and Dennis Scott and Greg Anthony. Well, I think Greg Anthony's kind of a lazy analyst and just says stuff that he just makes up sometimes, but all together and like Chris Webber, I, oh my God, I, I just cannot stand the way that that production comes off. So thankfully I did not have to listen to any of that. I, I watched it. Uh, I probably did not watch it as closely as I might if I was, you know, pacing around in front of my TV at home. 
Um, so I, I, I don't, I may not remember all of the details quite as much, but I do, I do have a recollection of the emotions of this game, which let's be honest. I mean, this game did not start well. The Bucks kind of just did not look ready for the Cavs early on in this game. The Cavs jump out to uh, a lead early on. Um, 15 to four, 15 to four. The good news though, was we had guys back tonight. <laughs> Matthew Del Vadova gets the random you know who's gonna start at shooting guard pick a guy who probably isn't a great choice option it's Delhi tonight um but Delhi did hit a couple of threes tonight against his former team and more importantly we saw Tony Snell come off the bench and obviously that was an extremely welcome sight to see Tony Snell especially when he hit a huge three in the fourth quarter because I mean the middle quarters I mean the Bucks really exerted their their dominance for stretches of this game i mean they just looked like flat out the much better more energetic team they get they outscore the Cavs 24 to 3 in transition tonight and you know controlled the game for large stretches despite that slow start and the the cool part was that they didn't even really need Giannis, especially in the first half i mean he what had uh, 11 points i think and you know three of them were kind of right at the end on a three-point play but really, they kind of took control of the game, built a double-digit lead without Giannis having to be a dominant guy. I thought the Cavs did a nice job kind of you know, throwing bodies at him, kind of closing off the lane, even though they didn't have real, real traditional rim protection in for most of the game. But um, Giannis begins to become more influential in the second half. And unfortunately, he sat early in the third, fourth quarter. He had to get his blow. And man... You know, I, I I can't believe that Kyle Korver is 0 for 4 tonight from 3. He missed one that <laughs> was all but down late that could have really changed the tide of this game. Um, but it's Dwayne Wade, of all people, hitting 4 out of 6 threes as the Cavs go on this huge run in the fourth quarter. Um, and I I don't know. I mean, as I was watching this, my thought was the Bucks are going to lose this game by like 10 points. <laughs> that was like where my head was at. Yeah, and... It's funny you mentioned, like, so the Bucks start the fourth quarter and Giannis is out there. And yeah. they go on a quick, rattle it off, 7 nothing run to start. And you're thinking, oh, okay, that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> that that can that can be okay. And then they take out Giannis and it goes from, I'm trying to double check where he was. When he leaves the game, it was... One, up 16. 104 uh, And then when he re-enters, they still had a lead. Uh, he entered and it was 105-96, and it just didn't seem to matter because during that six-minute stretch, it was just, all right. Um, so for the third quarter, what was really working was making the Cavaliers switch, and Middleton mentioned this after the game, attacking switches. Like, okay, let's get them to switch and then attack and keep the ball moving. And you, I think you really saw some nice offense possessions where the ball was going inside out, kick, dribble in, kick out again, dribble in again, and just you're seeing some of those nice just ball movement, player movement, uh, attacking feeling like a threat at all times and you saw i think some really nice sequences uh from the bucks in that third quarter and then in the fourth quarter it was like we missed a shot oh we missed another shot hmm how should we score now what if i dribble for eight seconds and then just go right at the guy that's in front of me that's had me this entire time let's see if it works 
it didn't work. Um, and it didn't work for about six minutes um, as it didn't matter who it was. If it was Middleton, if it was Bledsoe, once Giannis came back, if it was Giannis, if it was Brogdon, whoever was trying to take people one-on-one, it was not working. Uh, and you just kind of saw that lead dwindle away and the Cavs never played LeBron. Like they just yeah. kept coming back, coming back. And finally with 338, LeBron enters the game. It was after Malcolm had hit that three to give the Bucks a score for the first time in six minutes uh, and give them a 108-107 lead. But Giannis comes back, or excuse me, LeBron comes back with 338. And then, uh, again, the Bucks kind of just had a deal with LeBron. Uh, he immediately hits a 29-footer uh, step back from the left wing. Then he... Uh, answers an Eric Bledsoe pull up with a floating uh, with a floater and one in the middle of the lane uh, and then just the Bucks were kind of able to handle it and they were able to handle it because of like you said a big shot from Tony Snell Tony Snell hits one uh, as he's trailing behind Eric Bledsoe pushing the ball up the floor and just one of those wide open Tony Snell hang in the air for what feels like 10 seconds uh, just that super high arc Splashes down 115 113. Uh, Bucks are able to get another stop. Giannis makes a layup uh, to put them up uh, four with five seconds left. Or excuse me, four, and then the free throw makes it five 118 113. And then I still can't believe this. I, I was telling Matt Velasquez this. This is the first time I felt like I saw LeBron in his essence in person. Um, but he throws it off Giannis's back corrals it, takes a step back, hits it, uh, makes it 118-116. Chris Middleton goes to the line with 1.4 seconds left, hits the first free throw, gets it to 119-116, and then is instructed to miss the second one. (sighs) He was instructed to miss the second one. Um, He does that because he's a 90% free throw shooter, and he's very good at the line. Um, So he misses that one. And LeBron gets a chance at a heave. He misses it. Uh, and the Bucks win 119-116. Um, but like you said, as you're thinking through all of these things, having healthy guys back helps out quite a bit. Uh, and we heard in the postgame that Delhi was limited to about 10 minutes tonight. He played 11. Tony Snell was limited to about 20 minutes. He plays 23. And they needed Snell to hit that shot. And it was nice to see Eric Bledsoe attack and then when it was a kickout, it just felt like in the last couple of weeks, like the only guy you'd ever be happy to see that kickout go to was Middleton. And now it was like, oh, someone else can shoot. Yeah, yeah. that guy could, that guy could hit it. And sure enough, Tony Snell did. Yeah, and I mean, shout out to Malcolm Brogdon. He hits four out of seven tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, has he ever has he ever hit more than four in a game? I mean, that <laughs> I would I would guess that that. Might be a career high, yeah. Might be career high or tie career. Yeah, see, he goes for 16 points on 10 shots. Um, You know, we we two really good games from him in a row. Yeah, he has been, um, you know, so critical to to really being the, um, you know, duct tape of of the bench unit. You know, given how little firepower they have had there, and um, you know, again, he's he's came in this game shooting 39 percent from three. He's you know had cooled down a bit, but the last two games, seven out of 12. Um, from three and and obviously that's that's huge uh, him being able to deliver that um, and and yeah I mean you know it's just such a big difference you know having Brogdon 
and Snell, and obviously you hope Snell goes into the starting five. Um, but uh, you know, just a, such a valuable kind of shot in the arm to have at least two guys <laughs> that like mm-hmm. want to shoot, you know, long threes. I mean, or, even Dally. Tony, not, Dally hit two tonight yeah. too. Yeah, he had a couple threes. Both of them, I believe, off you know Giannis basically creating space and um, you know giving Delhi wide open looks, and thankfully he paid them off. Um, you know Giannis tonight eight assists, fourteen rebounds, two steals. I thought he had a block, and I thought he was credited with a block at one point, and then I got home and his box score now said zero block. So um, you'll take those, care like, of it. You'll those, figure it out. No, probably not. Um, <laughs> those I didn't. I didn't have the benefit of any replays. I, I feel like I'm really just powerless tonight um but yeah and and it was interesting because i mean Giannis felt like Giannis was defending lebron a lot more straight up tonight um you know lebron shot the lights out i mean he was six out of 11 you know he was not just shooting open threes i mean he was doing his whole pull-ups from 28 feet sidestepping to create space you know nailing shots in dudes eyes um <laughs> 39 on 14 of 22 from the yeah. field and 6 of 11 from 3. Like, yeah. if LeBron's I mean, hitting threes like that, yeah, yeah. good luck. Yeah, good luck. I mean, if you told me LeBron and Wade would combine for 10 of 17 from 3, I mean, I would assume the Bucks lost by 20, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, that, that kind of numbers. But LeBron also coughs it up seven times. Seven assists versus seven turnovers. I think he came into this game with, what, three straight triple doubles? Yep. And he gets just one defensive rebound and one total rebound, seven assists, did get three steals and two blocks, but seven turnovers. So again, you know, I mean, 39 points, I mean, whatever. LeBron is incredible. Um, (laughs) But at least, at least they, you know, made him make mistakes. Otherwise when he wasn't hitting jump shots and um, you know, on the other side, Giannis again, started a bit quietly. um, Didn't have like, you know, a monster night. Didn't feel like it. And then you look at his numbers and you think, geez, you know, 27, 14, eight, two, um, and and obviously uh, that play late. I mean, you mentioned he got a layup. Well, the way he got that layup that kind of sealed the game was pretty incredible because Chris Middleton, I think, what was uh, where, where was Chris? He was like kind of driving and yeah, had so, to make a yeah, so Middleton decision. Yeah, Middleton gets the ball right wing. I believe there's someone in the right hand corner. I can't remember if it's Snell or Brogdon. Uh, he tries to attack Dwayne Wade off the dribble, and he said that the goal was to kind of attack Wade see what he could get there, and then obviously try to get to the basket. And he gets cut off, and watching it on a replay, I can see why he thought Giannis was open uh, because, uh, as Giannis said after the game, like LeBron was ball watching. And he's like, I cut in front of him. But Middleton delivers the pass a little bit late, and because LeBron is superhuman, uh, he manages to get to it, hits it on the ground, and then, I mean, it's – it's just a dogfight between Giannis and LeBron to who can get the ball. Giannis somehow gets it outside the lane. I think it, if I watch the replay right, it, the ball's kind of just like in between LeBron's legs, and he's reaching yeah. down for it. Giannis is reaching down for it, and Giannis LeBron, grabbed. LeBron, was on, LeBron turned the wrong way, basically, and yeah. he turned his back on Giannis, and from there, yeah, Giannis picks it up, finishes gets- it, gets fouled, and – hits the free throw which was a theme tonight 11 out of 12 from the line for Giannis which was huge just 14 shots 27 points 
um, and was making big free throws in the fourth quarter, which obviously at times he struggled with. Um, and in this game, didn't you know? I don't. Did he? No, I guess he did have those early buckets in the fourth to extend the lead. Um, but obviously, you know, huge. We talked about him getting tired, and you know, maybe that impacting some of his fourth quarter performances. Um, tonight, he plays 40 minutes again. Um, but you know, again, comes up and makes a huge play late to to really. I I, I, don't, I don't. I guess it wouldn't be fair to say seal it because LeBron comes back and hits the three, <laughs> and they you know need Middleton to make free throws or you know whatever. Well, I mean, we'll talk more about Jason Kidd's continuing bizarre logic. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's always fun to see Giannis elevate his game when playing LeBron. And certainly he needed to tonight because, obviously, from just a, a shooting perspective, LeBron had it all working. And it's funny to think, before this game, I think Giannis was averaging 35-ish against the Cavs this year because uh, he'd had two really big games against them. Um, and... Tonight, he doesn't even get to what he's averaging with just 27 points, but those plays down the stretch, like, uh, after the game, Jason Kidd didn't really want to talk about it, but just I, I just can't imagine how big those moments feel like. And again, Giannis will never talk about stuff like this because he wants to downplay the fact that it is against LeBron and it is a big play. And I know there's there's eight other guys on the floor, but... Giannis versus LeBron and Giannis's team comes out on top like I that means something that that is part of a maturation process there's no more catching LeBron by surprise if you're Giannis Dedekumbo he's well aware that you are one of the best players in the league he's well aware that Giannis is one of the guys coming for his throne as the best basketball player in the world like he knows who Giannis is he's aware of it and, and in the past I think in the couple years leading up to this season maybe LeBron didn't take it quite as serious maybe Giannis wasn't quite capable of giving LeBron these type of problems and to see him come out on top and to see just a a big play in the final moments like and, and again that is LeBron and Giannis ball on the ground who wants it more and again, maybe LeBron got turned around. Maybe he didn't have the best angle at it, but Giannis won that battle. And Giannis finished it through a foul, hit a free throw, and put his team up five. And uh, I just, again, those those shouldn't. It shouldn't be a big deal at this point, but it is a big deal at this point. These are moments. These are these are things that you want to see from your guy, who's supposed to be. The, the, the man that leads you to a championship, you want to see those moments. And against LeBron, there's been moments where the Bucks have come out on top, but a lot of times it was, what, last year beating up on them and then the entire fourth quarter LeBron sits. Like That, that probably doesn't mean as much. But when you're, you're taking LeBron's best and 39 points on 14 of 22 shooting – Again, there there was some turnovers and maybe there wasn't a, a bunch of rebounds, but that's pretty damn good from LeBron. And you took his best, and your team came out on top. And maybe that speaks to having the help of a guy like Bledsoe, who we haven't talked about yet, who had 26 points, five rebounds, and two assists, and Chris Middleton, who has 18 points and 10 assists, and Malcolm Brogdon. Like maybe that speaks more to the team that he has around him now. That it doesn't take a Herculean effort for him just to be in the game and they can win a game, but I do think this means something. Well, then, you know, like we said, I mean, they, they didn't rely on Giannis for long stretches of the game, and um, 
you know, the fun part is he had the support needed to, again, I mean, unfortunately, you know, the Bucks defense, again, did not <laughs> did not distinguish itself. And again, you know, this is much more like the Houston game in the sense that you're going to give up points to the Cavs in all likelihood. The Cavs are a great offensive yep. team. This is not like giving up 115 to the Bulls. Um, and, and again, I mean, Dwayne Wade shooting the lights out, LeBron shooting the lights out. I mean, you know, a lot of these makes, I think, were kind of tip your cap type type makes. Um, you know, probably love got open too too often, I think, for my taste. But um, as far as like LeBron and, and Wade going, you know, I mean, that that's not typical what they did tonight. And um, those guys, I mean, the, the three guys, Love, James, and, and Wade, I mean, those guys combined for 15 out of the 16 uh, Cleveland threes, right? So um, <laughs> Corver going 0 for 4. And, I mean, you know, talk about a game of inches. I mean, we're going to, you know, fans are going to walk out of this game. My, my dad emailed me right after this game, um, you know, excited just to enjoy, have enjoyed, a, you know, an exciting game of basketball. Not that he's, you know, viewing this as like, oh, the Bucks are not going to win a championship or something. But, um, but you know, fans got a treat tonight if you're a Bucks fan you went home happy tonight um and yet you know you just think about it the the Cavs get two shots uh on the possession before Giannis gets his three-point play LeBron takes a tough shot from the corner and misses it but Cleveland gets a second chance Corver gets a great look from straight away I I mean I thought this shot was going down um, uh, how I, could I it not how could it not? I kept, that would be I the kept, perfect Cavs way to win one. Like somehow Kyle Korver gets a wide open three from the top of the key. No way it's not going down. And, and I, I just could not believe that we hadn't. You know, I just kept thinking that third quarter. I told my friends I was watching the game with. I just said, you know, the Bucks are winning right now. But let me just say that I'm deathly afraid of Kyle Korver <laughs> going on like yes. a twelve nothing personal run, which he did in that that first game. He just went off in that third quarter. Just you know, you give him a little bit of space, he will punish you. And so to see him get a great look and have it rattle out, you know, that just a quarter inch. Different yep. trajectory that ball's in, and the Bucks are losing at that point. Um, but you know, again, it rattles out. Middleton tries to squeeze in that pass. The ball goes on the floor. Giannis gets it instead of LeBron. Could have easily gone the other way, and the Cavs have a chance to win the game. Um, down what two at that point? Um, instead, Giannis gets it, finishes it, and you know, um, obviously, it's it's a very different story. So, you know, it's sort of these things like I. I think as a Bucks fan, you know, you should feel happy and you should enjoy these kinds of like great games against great teams and great players. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell like, oh, you shouldn't have enjoyed that, you know, or, or like whatever. <laughs> um, but, you know, by the same token, it's like, man, that could have gone the other way. And, you know, you could argue the Bucks probably may have maybe feel like they deserved a little bit of luck because they obviously didn't necessarily have much good luck going down the stretch of games that over the past week. Um, but still, you know, I, I give them a lot of credit because they blew that lead. They played like garbage through that middle part of the fourth quarter. The Cavs just, everything was going in. It would have been easy to kind of fold at that point. Um, but they didn't. And, you know, guys made shots. Well, Brogdon hit that corner three. That was huge. I think that gave them back the lead. Yep. 108-107. Yeah, that was huge. You know, they took, kept taking body shots. I think the Cavs answered with a three of their own, I think I want to say, after that. Um, but, you know, ultimately then Snell hits that big three uh, as a trailer on the break. And then, you know, you maybe you get some luck in that last minute to uh, to close it out. But, um, but yeah, I mean, these you know, again, it's like 
if you're the Bucks, you're in the East. It is a dogfight to to kind of jostle for for space, and you know you want to take care of business against the bad teams, and you want to give yourself a chance against the good teams. We saw the Bucks these last two games give themselves a chance to win against the Cavs and the Rockets. I think. You know, you could only say they deserve to win one of these games, really, because I think losing both would have been unfair. Winning both might have been overly lucky, <laughs> given what we yeah. saw from the Bucks. Um, but you know, you got to be happy for them, for the players that uh, you know they stuck with it. They played at a high level for long parts of the game. Um, John Henson, 15 points, six boards. Um, you know, he put up numbers again tonight. Um, so want to make sure we we give him a shout out as well. And again, I mean, defensively, 120 points per 100 allowed that ain't going to help that defensive rating um but uh the the offense uh putting up 123 points per 100 you know that that is the story of this team right now the offense and in particular those three main guys with a little bit of help from brogdon and you know whoever else is available from from you know the injured list um they're just so good that they're able to carry a team and you know, again, Middleton doesn't have a great shooting night, 18 points on, what, 15 shots, just one of five from three, but 10 assists. Bledsoe, uh, more of the initiator tonight, two out of five from three, 26 points on 16 shots. He was really important, I thought. Um, and, and again, I mean, especially on a night like this where the Cavs were showing a lot of bodies to Giannis, you know, you really needed to punish them for, for stuff like that. Yep. Now, granted, Bledsoe isn't the kind of guy who's necessarily going to just kill you if you try to go off, you know, shade to Giannis off screens and things like that or go under screens but um you know certainly his scoring tonight was was a big boost and they needed they needed every last one of those points um do we want to talk about the uh, nightly Jason Kidd weirdness which seems to happen every night there's some strange thing that you know if you just acted like a normal logical person we wouldn't have to talk about something but then uh let me let me talk about Middleton and Brogdon first okay Okay. Middleton, Bloodstone, Brogdon. And before I do that, let's talk about draft. Because we had a pretty good week on draft last week, Frank. We uh, we got to keep our money. Pretty rare. Um, we, <laughs> we don't often do that. Uh, but we, we did it last week, and I'm happy to say that we did. Uh, but that just means... Again, we're back this week. We haven't lost all of our money on draft yet, uh, so we're still going to compete against you guys. And like I said last week, easiest way to do it, uh, just follow me at Eric underscore name, follow Frank at Locked on Frank, and then that way as we see new followers come in, we can create a draft, invite you guys to it, and then we can get some of that fresh blood in there. Uh, And like I said last week, that's what I want to do again this week. I want new people in a draft. I will only invite people that I haven't played against into our draft. And last week we filled up two. So maybe this week we end up filling three with all the guys, uh, with all the people that we have had follow us uh, in these last couple weeks. So get involved, have some fun, and try to take Frank Frank's money, my money. Um, or maybe don't try. Well, I'd be happy to keep mine, Frank. Yeah, I, I, I think it was sort of blind squirrel versus nut with me the last <laughs> couple of weeks, finishing second a couple of times. So I, I was very pleased to do so. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's a lot of fun, though, you know, picking I, again, because I'm like I was saying last week, I, I always like find it weird because I always am like tempted to pick guys that I don't really like because then it's like, wow, if Kyrie goes off or Embiid scores a billion points, then 
I won't feel so bad uh, about that happening. So it's like this weird way of uh, of hedging my own happiness. But um, it definitely makes watching the games, you know, every night a, a bit more fun and interesting because, you know, obviously I'm I'm pretty much all Buxley. I don't really have favorite players on other teams. So you, you, you know, do a draft and then you suddenly have rooting interest across the league. So the my league pass subscription is, is getting more use now that uh, we're having these draft Wednesdays, let's say. I totally agree. And you're also not like cheering for weird stuff. Like in like a daily fantasy uh, with some of the other sites, you'd be thinking, oh man, I hope this bench guy for the Hawks hoping that one of their bench guys goes off. You're not sitting there hoping for Marco Bellinelli to have a great night. No, you're cheering for the best players. Like you're watching the best players and hoping that they have good nights. So uh, make sure you join us on draft and all you have to do Use the promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S. That'll get you a free play, and that'll get you into our league. If this is your first time on draft, you make your first deposit, you use the promo code, and then you're straight into our league. You're right into our draft tomorrow, and you get to have some fun with us. So go out and do that. Uh, It'll be a fun draft Wednesday. It always is at draft. Download the app or go to draft.com. It was interesting in that game that midway through the third quarter, I was like, oh, need to be on double-double watch for Middleton. And I got a couple tweets that were like, and triple-double watch for Giannis. And it was like, oh, wow. I I didn't even realize how close they both were. But um, just the ability of those two, and uh, again – Jason had mentioned this during the post game. Like, if those two are racking up assists, that means their teammates are hitting shots, and that's certainly true. Um, that does make it a lot easier. But it, it did feel like the assist opportunities both were getting were for very high percentage looks, like a, a number of dunks for John Henson from Chris Middleton. Giannis is getting wide open corner threes for Delhi, for Chris, for Tony Snell. Like, th- those are all really good looks that should go in. Um, and it, Again, just the just the fact that we're in a spot where Chris Middleton has ten assists on a night, and it's just kind of ho hum. Like just like, oh yeah, okay, that could be a thing Chris does. And it's just weird to think that him and Giannis are going to battle this season, likely for, and I guess Bloodsoul will probably be in the mix as well for who's going to lead this team in assists. And it's just kind of it's. It's cool to see those two develop their playmaking to that level, that both of them can make those type of plays and how, how much of a rarity it is. Like Chris Middleton's six foot eight, Giannis is seven feet. Like you have two guys that tall making plays and being the primary playmakers uh, for this team. And both of them do it really well. And uh, I, I think one thing as as I think about John Henson's season and the success that he's been able to have, so often with Henson in the past, I know he's mentioned, oh, you know, I just want to be able to feel like I'm in a flow, like I'm a part of this game, like I'm here with the guys and I'm able to do all of this. And I just always think of his pick and rolls with Middleton now, where those are kind of the spots where he is getting those touches, where he is starting to to feel involved in everything that they're doing. And I I would assume that that's probably, probably part of the reason why he's feeling like he can play more consistently and he's been able to play at a higher level this season is, one, getting consistent minutes, and then, two, kind of having that partnership with someone on the team that he's able to get those buckets. So um, I just think it's been huge that Middleton's been able to involve him and um, – I'm writing something about Henson right now, and 
the two most popular uh, tandems on the team right now for assists. Like the guys that the most assists from player X to player Y is Middleton to Giannis, which I think it before this game was 31, and then second was Middleton to Henson at 30. Like those are the two most popular tandems on this team at this point, and it, I think it just speaks to kind of that playmaking and how well all three of those guys are kind of working. And like you said with Bledsoe, it, it was a night where I didn't ever really feel like, man, Bledsoe is just destroying the game, but every time they got a steal – it felt like, who's your capper? Eric Bledsoe. Like, he, he's able to get out front. His speed is a total game changer. And it, at this point, you just see a steal and you immediately think, okay, get the ball up as quickly as possible, move the ball, and somehow get it to Eric Bledsoe. And Giannis got an assist that way. I think Middleton got an assist that way. They were able to get him the ball. And uh, to be able to score with that type of ease and transition, like it's it's rarely a dunk with Bledsoe, um, but most of the time it's just him blazing out in front of everyone else and getting a wide open layup, and uh, it just makes things so much easier in transition. Uh, also with Bledsoe, that dunk, holy wow! I I didn't. Uh, uh, <sighs> I don't even have words for it because there there are times where I wonder if Bledsoe is going to be able to, to just dunk the ball on a normal play, and that thing pops off and he throws it down with two hands. And I don't even know if he ended up hitting the rim. I think he might have been a little bit too far away, but I still can't believe that he finished that putback dunk. Yeah, I mean, it was perfect timing. Um, and just as you were saying this, I was scrolling through my Twitter timeline and it popped up again. Um, second quarter – 340 mark Middleton rattles out a, a three and Bledsoe just comes you know flying in so you know we talk we talk about the Bucks not going for for offensive rebounds um Eric Bledsoe will will go hunt down I mean he is opportunistic and on defense on the boards um his athleticism lets him go and and try things that maybe a normal uh normal athlete normal point guard would not be able to blocks you know stuff like that he will just throw his body at plays and um to to be able to kind of throw his body and and use that explosiveness to, to come with that dunk was was something um and how about the almost chris middleton oh baptism Whoa. Of LeBron James? that was got to be the weirdest thing so if if you guys didn't watch the game um or if you did and you don't remember Middleton, I forget. I think it was in the. I think it was in the third quarter. Middleton drives down the lane, and you think he's going to like, you know, go off one foot and like try to do like a layup <laughs> off glass or something like that. Instead, he goes off two feet. Does he the, gathered like he know, was Blake? He's like like he was Blake Griffin. Like yeah, I mean this was like you know I've the, never seen him gather like that. It's always yeah, one foot. Go off two feet and then you know basically cock it sort of so his. Left shoulder is, you know, facing the rim, and then he's coming over the top with his right. <laughs> and back, I, I don't know if LeBron, LeBron might have gotten a piece of it, but um, it was bang, bang. Chris back irons the dunk attempt. Um, it just looked unlike anything I've ever seen Chris try to do. And, you know, this is one of these things, like, watch, like, Larry Nance's dunk on Durant the other night. Like, yeah. it was kind of a similar idea where you go off two feet and you, you know, basically have your... your um, you know, you're, if you think if you're coming straight on, it's like your shoulders are, are perpendicular to the backboard kind of. So basically yeah. you use your body to Propel shield yourself. Yeah. The, yeah. But you're basically using sort of the left 
side of your body to shield yourself from the shot blocker and then you come come over top with the right hand and you know it, it reminds me also you remember that um vince carter dunk when he was in brooklyn or sorry new jersey and he oh, dunked over alonzo yeah. yeah. morning kind yeah. of a similar deal like you just come with your body leading the way and you know usually you'll get a little bit of a wipe away too and it's just like the shot blocker just doesn't really have a chance that's why i don't think those dunks are like as impressive in the sense of like you know they're they're very savvy and tactically difficult to block Mm -hmm. but for me like a guy just cramming you know basically going up with his arm first and dunking on dude is like way more impressive which you really don't see i mean chris certainly but even Giannis (laughs) never we saw him try to do that on baines in the mecca game oh yeah but for the most part Giannis never dunks like like that basically he never uses his his kind of left side to sort of shield uh shield shot blockers he's always pretty much going straight over the top um we did see him post remember he posterized bosch that way yep um in, in against miami and that was the his second season jabari's first season anyway we've kind of gotten that that's some those are some deep those are deep cuts. Dunk buck cuts um but anyway yeah chris middleton uh i see, i had, i just can't believe he, he tried LeBron, it that, yeah if he had dunked on lebron that would have been <laughs> I mean, incredible. Yeah, it, just him trying it was was insane. But it was so um, out of character. I've yeah. never seen him try to dunk like that on anyone. Like even the, there's not many Chris Middleton poster dunks, um, but the ones that exist are jump off the left foot, throw it down with the right hand, uh, and this one was right foot, left foot, lead with the left shoulder, cock it back with the right hand, and try to throw it down on top of somebody and. Of all the people to pick, the best player in the world. All right, I'm. Uh, and someone was joking about it, uh, and was just like, "Okay, what are our what are what are these Bucks guys doing? Like, you're gonna challenge LeBron?" And this was a minute or two after Delhi inexplicably uh, decided to challenge LeBron with a left-handed finger roll um, as he had Giannis trailing, and I that shot was blocked into oblivion. Um, and I just can't believe he tried it, but that one I had a major problem with like Delhi, give the ball to Giannis and let him do whatever he needs to do. But that Middleton one, I was like, okay, I- I've never seen you attack the-, the rim that hard. And if you're going to attack the rim hard, well against LeBron is the time to do it. Like you need to go hard if you're going to. So, um, that was interesting. I was not ready for that. Uh, let's move to, the end of the game, uh, the free throw decision. Um, again, just the the math in this decision just doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, I broke it down a little bit before, but uh, Bucks go up. Uh, they're up 118-113 after Giannis gets that and one on the play that we've already described. Puts it through. LeBron throws it off his back on the sideline inbounds play. Then hits a step back three, makes it 118-116. Bucks inbounded right away, which was really well done. Um, the Bucks have struggled with that at times this year, like getting the ball in and being uh, being careful with it. They get it right into Middleton, which is great. Chris Middleton, best free throw shooter on the team. I'd have to look at the numbers. I'm pretty sure he is. Um, get it right into Middleton. Middleton hits the first one, and you're thinking, all right, Middleton's going to hit the second one. Cavaliers don't have any timeouts. 1.4 seconds left. And Chris Middleton back rims the second one. Inten- and very clearly. Very clearly intentionally. Yeah. 
Um, and LeBron gets it and just turns and flicks the wrists and it would have been good if it would have gone. It wasn't very close, um, but still. It was from 70 feet away, yeah. But again, LeBron's superhuman and he can make that look easy. He he of all people could could make that. Correct. Uh, So he throws it, misses it, game ends. And again, the Bucks win, so you can't be well. Uh, you can be upset about it. Um, the Bucks win, and after it, uh, Greg Matzik from Six Twenty WTMJ asks Jason about the decision, and says, "Well, it looked like Middleton was in try- was trying to do that intentionally." And he says that on the way down, they discussed it and decided that that was what they wanted to do. Uh, so he said that that was his his first instinct, and uh, that was kind of what they were looking to do. Um, let me I'll get the exact quote here. So, kid says we talked about it as he walked to the free throw line. My first response was to miss the second one. We'll take the bet of someone making it from the other side of the floor, being the gambler, understanding if we did make that free throw with our luck, they get it in, bounce at half court, and we follow the three point shooter, and it's a four point play. We'll take our chances with them heaving a full court shot. What? I I wish I could do like the the little like rewind of everything that just happened and say it again and like also Photoshop it with Charlie Murphy when he's like cocaine's a hell of a drug. Like that scene from Chappelle's show, I wish I could do that all over again because I can't make any sense of that math. Well, and this is not the first time that that uh that this has happened um so you guys may recall um the bucks were up three points against the atlanta hawks earlier this year i think it was march in march of this year Giannis goes to the foul line Giannis missed the first free throw not intentionally um kid appears to tell Giannis to miss the shot intentionally um the second free throw with them up three i guess um and or actually let me let me just check if they were up three or two but either way there were 0.2 seconds left point like you literally can't legally take a shot in that amount of time and Giannis tried to make the free throw but couldn't he missed it so it didn't really matter but um kind of a similar deal like he wanted them he wanted him to miss a free throw intentionally um when basically the team would have had no chance to actually tie it basically and again like and and you might remember this was a little bit controversial because then he like him and, and Middleton as well they kind of like chewed Giannis out after the buzzer sounded and I remember you might remember me saying that like this is just Jason Kidd being like stupid and you know like you're you have this like random strategy that doesn't really you know matter at best doesn't matter and at worst like is just bad bad logic and tonight um I mean, what are you, what are you worried? Like with your luck, you'll get called for a foul. Like how about you like do your job as a coach and just tell them literally to do nothing, sit down on the court. That is that like, literally you can just do nothing and you won't give up a four point play. I mean, it's like just absurd for a team with, you know, given they had no timeouts and you know, I, I forget somebody mentioned this on Twitter, but imagine if he tries to miss intentionally and he's just like misses the rim entirely the clock stops if that happens 
literally, literally the, 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 the worst case scenario is you try to miss and you actually, you know, commit a lane violation. Something basically happens such that actually no time elapses and they get the ball back and, you know, again, they wouldn't be able to advance it. But it's just like dumb crap like this. I mean, this is kind of one of these things that's like, you know, kid could just do what every other coach does and, you know, tell his guy to hit a free throw to make give them a four-point lead and win the game. But no, he decides to overthink things and do stuff that no other rate rational head coach does. Like no other rational head coach, you know, intentionally fouls the other team when, you know, you're up four or whatever it was in that game a few weeks ago. I mean, there's a reason, like, you know, you're not some ancient mathematician who's like discovering some new shit here. Like there's a reason that nobody does this and it's not because like you just discovered, you know, a new law of physics or like a new form of mathematics. Like it's just like, why? I don't know. I mean, this is this kind of stuff that like at the end of the year when ownership takes stock of what this Bucks team accomplishes and they have to make a decision on Jason Kidd, if this team has not lived up to expectations, you're probably going to remember stuff like this and say, like, hey, remember how, like, you know, all of, like, the NBA scratched its head at our head coach because he does stuff that, like, nobody else does? That doesn't really reflect well on, like, him generally. And I, I don't know. It, I'll, I'll just shut up because it's just, like, this isn't the first time. I mean, literally, we've seen a similar thing before. We had the, the fouling, intentional fouling thing a few weeks ago. I mean, it's just, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, it's, like, just strange. Just very strange. Yeah, there's... Again, and I'm sure people will say, you know, it worked out the other time, right? Like it worked out when they were up four and fouled um, earlier this year, and it worked out tonight. And there will be people that will say, well, well, you only changed the percentages of uh, winning from you were going to win 99.6% of the time if you did this strategy and only – 98.6% of the time if you did that strategy and I hear that and it's like nails on a chalkboard yes your chances of winning are still very good but you're actively doing something that decreases those chances yeah exactly like like I don't care how small it is it could be point zero 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 one percent and if you actively decide to choose that option I'm going to ask why yeah well and and just and, and real quick just it's also like that thing when i was like tweeting about how like bizarre it was that you know he took eric bledsoe out at the end of the third quarter three seconds left and he puts in deandre liggins and literally just had him go stand in the corner and it's just like you know if deandre liggins was in the game and i'm not gonna come out and say like oh why didn't you put a three-point shooter on on the court in the last second to you know try to sort you know you know, in, create some tiny additional expected value because you have more whatever. I mean, it's like, look, I get it, right? Like, stuff isn't going to get like micromanaged to that degree in a game. But it's not so much that DeAndre Liggins was in the game at the end of a third quarter where Chris Middleton then doesn't score. It's that like they went out of their way to take off their best shot creator other than Giannis and put on a guy who literally has like you know teams just don't care about offensively right i mean it's just it's just like so strange it's like you know by doing something you reveal a lot more than if you just you know do nothing at all and i don't know it's just like it's one thing if you you know i mean i'm sure there have been times you know like 
what was it? What, what was it at the end of a finals game where Popovich like took Duncan out or something? I mean, you yeah. know, I mean, good head coaches will do things that occasionally like I'm sure they regret, but it's just like with kid at this point, it's like you just expect these things to happen at this point. And obviously with so much negativity around him at this stage, uh, it's just kind of like, I don't know. It's, it's just, you just kind of shake your head and just be like, wow, well, I'm glad they win. But I mean, again, like on the margins, you're just really actively going out of your way to do things that just either don't matter at all. And you seem to think that they matter or they actively are like hurting you. And I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm done stewing over this. I'm over it. All right. So let's look at the positives. Yes. And there were lots. Tony Snell back. Yes. Hitting shots. Awesome. Thank, thank, thank God. Shout out to Tony. Good to have him back. Matthew Delvadova still making questionable decisions, but also hitting two corner threes, which is nice. Uh, 34 minutes from those two combined means a lot fewer minutes for DeAndre Liggins. Um, just six minutes for Sterling Brown tonight, but I think he looked good, good-ish. Okay. Yeah, was uh, that? Did he hit a? Did he? It was his foot on the line on that shot he made. I thought he might have hit a three at one point. Was but I, I know he, he didn't two, hit three. Yeah. Was it a long two or something like that? I'm, so. I'm trying to remember. Maybe I just forgot. Yeah, but, but you know, hopefully that continues. Looked confident, played again, which is a good thing. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, two games in a row, very effective, and two games in a row against very good teams. These are two of the best teams in the league, and Malcolm Brogdon showed up, and that is a very good thing. Thon Maker, three assists tonight. I would not have guessed that. I'm still not really sure how he got three assists. I would need to rewatch this game to figure it out. Uh, but he he had a zero, a plus minus of zero, which you're going to take. Uh, going down the rest of the line, uh, DeAndre Liggins, plus one on the night. Did DeAndre Liggins things had a, a ridiculous block where 99% of the time that's going to be a foul, uh, but – Gets Tristan Thompson for the block on that one. John Henson, 7-11. 7 of 11, excuse me, 15 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 1 block. And then uh, going through the big three, uh, or EKG, K, whatever. Uh, Bledsoe, 26 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, uh, plus 1 on the night, 10 of 16 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3. He has a big night, and he's able to kind of – just it's just so big that they have him and Middleton now that when Giannis is off the floor or maybe not feeling it quite right, uh, just isn't able to get into the game quite as much, that they have a guy like Bledsoe that can take over uh, for long stretches and be able to do some things. Middleton, 18 points, 10 assists, five turnovers, which he wasn't happy about post game, uh, two rebounds and a steal. And then finally, Giannis with the huge play at the end where he's able to corral that questionable pass from Middleton, but he scores 27 points, 14 rebounds, eight assists, and two steals on the night. That's just a good night, and the Bucks beat the Cleveland Cavaliers, the second-best team in the Eastern Conference, one of the best teams in the league, and move to 16-13 and 13 on the season and avoid a, let's see, that would have been a four-game losing streak. Um, so good things there, and then you hope that this can catapult them going forward. They can get a win against the Hornets on Friday and can kind of start to roll again into the new year. Frank, anything else? serenity now order was restored um 
Do I trust the Bucks? No, still don't trust the Bucks. I mean, rule one. I mean, rule we one. rule one, rule one of being a Bucks fan: don't trust the Bucks. Um, in Giannis, we trust, but don't trust the Bucks. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, this game was a microcosm, right? I mean, they they come out build this huge lead and then nearly snatch defeat from the jaws of victory yep. um kind of reminding us again don't get too high on this team because if you do uh i don't know they will hurt you yeah. they will hurt you but um but yeah i mean again we're we're still kind of in i don't want to say treading water but um i think as far as being able to trust this team understand that they're taking a next step i don't i i certainly don't think you know this game alone tells us a whole lot in that regard again it's you know repetitions you know the gravitational effect of uh of 500 how strong is it for the Milwaukee Bucks because certainly in years past it has been very strong and uh this year it you thought maybe they were getting a little bit away from 500 about 15 and 10 and then that three game losing streak pops up and you feel hmm it seems to be coming back again so um we we will see uh we will see in the coming weeks uh how this team does and if they can build some separation because certainly any team that can build some separation between 500 and themselves um has a good chance to really kind of embed themselves in that four spot in the east which again you know getting in that four spot getting home court in the first round of the playoffs that is that would be very very big for a young team that is trying to take a next step and actually win a playoff series charlotte charlotte chicago sure looks pretty nice for uh adding a little cushion there right like those those should be three games again obviously they just struggled against the bulls but you trust no one in a milwaukee bucks jersey except Giannis. agreed (laughs) but three games that actually one thing one thing you can trust by the way just real quick middleton came into this game 23 out of 24 in clutch situations from the foul line this year so only only jason kidd's weird instructions can can cause chris middleton to foul up i guess all right i thought i really thought we had something good going there with some positivity but you just had a you just <laughs> well, had a chris hop middleton's in. clutch gene chris middleton's free throw clutch gene let's let's focus on that okay then. sounds good milwaukee bucks win 119 116 that's frank men i'm eric name this episode of Locked on Bucks has been brought to you by Draft. Again, use the promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-Bucks for Locked on Bucks to get you a free play at Draft on your first deposit. So just go to the settings tab, enter promo code, enter promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S, and then you'll get that $3 ticket that you can compete against Frank and I tomorrow and try to take our money didn't happen last week it's not going to happen this week we're going to do it again because we're feeling ourselves right now so you can try it and i encourage you to do so at draft download the app or go to draft.com to play against frank and me i'm at eric underscore name he's at locked on frank follow us and get involved on draft bucks win 119 116 that's all for lockdown bucks we'll talk to you tomorrow